Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I am the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I am happy to be with you again this week for another interesting multifamily real estate investing topic. And uh, today's title may have uh, caught your attention as you were scanning the list of podcasts to listen to. Today we're going to hit the topic of... It's not rocket science. Five B's, that's the letter B, five B's that we have learned that can help you or any investor in the multifamily space execute a plan for multifamily investing and do it simply because it's not rocket science. So, before I dive in there, as always, if you have questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Don't forget to swing by the website. Lots of good material at the Learning Center at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And with that, let's uh, dive in. So it's not rocket science. It's a fun little phrase, right? Uh, we've all used it a handful of times at least. Uh, I don't know that many people ever actually stop and think about what rocket science is, um, it's certainly challenging. Uh, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a brain surgeon either. Uh, but there are people that do those things uh, and that are really good at it. And they went to school and they were trained and they learned a process and a procedure and practiced and practiced and practiced and became very good at it to the point where we can all marvel at their ability to you know, send a rocket to Mars or to, uh, you know, uh, cure a, a individual that has a brain tumor or some other amazing thing. And each of us do that in our own daily lives with whatever it is we do. We at Mara Poling, myself, Bill, the rest of the team here, we're real estate folks. And we know how, by virtue of some training that we've had along the way, certainly, but a lot of it from the school of hard knocks, we know how to do this investing game in multifamily. And I want to share with you today five Bs. It's interesting. My little list today just happened to end up with every one of these having a B at the beginning of it. So five Bs that can help you put a plan together if you're an individual investor, right? So if you've got your own portfolio, uh, this may have some value for you. If you're an investor looking for or already investing with a sponsor like Mara Poling, or if you're one of our clients, thank you, appreciate your support always, uh, then these are things that you might be interested in knowing that we do and that others may or may not do, uh, but things that we do that we think ultimately uh, make this a achievable process as opposed to it being rocket science, something that's magical and mystical and almost impossible to do. So the first B, and these are a little bit in a sequence, the first B is to buy right, uh, B-U-Y, buy right. Uh, our very first podcast way back in episode one a couple years ago uh, was, I think it's called Eight Tips to Buy Right or Eight Keys to Buy Right. Um, by the way, somebody was looking for the white paper on that on the website um, I don't believe it's on the website right now. If you're interested in that particular white paper, shoot me an email and I'll be happy to send you a copy of it. 
So uh, buy right, and that means doing a lot of things. Just a quick summary is, uh, you know, buy in the right place, right? The right market. Uh, we like markets that are growing and have certain healthy characteristics to them. Buy the right kind of asset, right? And so uh, that could be a retail versus a hospitality versus a multifamily or a self-storage or something like that. Even though within those categories, like multifamily, you know, we like class B, the Goldilocks class. Doesn't mean that class A and C aren't good classes or even class D, uh, but we like B. We think it is a better fit for the kinds of objectives we have. So buy the right kind of, uh, of asset uh, from that standpoint. And you can go on and on down the list in terms of age and demographics of the uh, community, in terms of uh, crime statistics and how well the schools uh, score and so on. Uh, you know, again, we like being in that middle quartile. So there's a whole bunch of things to do to buy right. The reason it's really important to buy right and that this is step one is uh, if you don't, pretty hard, no matter how hard you polish, to make this shine. You go buy an old junker and at a scrapyard, and you know, you're going to have a pretty hard time turning that into a real gem. Now, that doesn't mean there couldn't be a restoration project out there. My analogy can only go so far. Um, but if you buy in the wrong market, you can't move to another market. You can't pick the property up and move it. Uh, likewise with schools and those sorts of things. If you buy a property that is too old, well, you can fix that by rebuilding it, right? By putting new infrastructure in and doing a lot of uh, significant maintenance work to it. You're just writing some pretty big uh, checks. So it's very hard to polish up a bad asset. And so you're better off, just as we are better off, sitting on cash if there's not an asset that checks all the boxes and waiting until you find one that, that does. So that's the first B. The next B, be conservative. Even if the investment is a swing for the fences, home run kind of deal. Now that may sound contradictory, uh, so let me explain. We think when you are doing an underwrite, and this is the way we do our underwriting, that the assumptions that go into it should be reasonable. Reasonable to conservative. So for example, if the cap rate in the market I am purchasing is a six cap, and the uh, prevailing uh, sentiment in the market is cap rates might go up a little bit, maybe they'll kind of stay where they are, then you could underwrite at a six cap for your exit or a six and a quarter. We would suggest you want to underwrite at six and three quarters or seven or even higher than seven so that you're not tricking yourself into investing in a property that quote unquote makes money, but it really only makes money if, the, if there's market movement as opposed to its own growth. Uh, we underwrite anywhere from a 75 to 100 to 150 basis point unfavorable movement. I have seen a lot of underwrites that go the other way, that in a six cap market, maybe six and a quarter cap market, that underwrite five and a half or even five. 
simply because there's a belief that that's the way the market's going to go. And it absolutely could. The likelihood uh, might even be that that could happen. It's also still a possibility that it moves against you, and we think that's a place to be conservative. Now, how that works if you're doing a swing for the fences deal, which, full disclosure, we do not do. Uh, we look for solid singles. We are very happy when we get the occasional double. Every now and then, one will bounce over the fence, and we're pretty happy with it. Um, so um, if you're putting a deal together or if you're investing with a sponsor who's doing a two-year polish it up, get it back on the market, we're going to make a lot of money in a short period of time, and there's a fair amount of risk because of timing the market and the like, you still want to be conservative, and you still want to see conservatism in their underwrite. Again, if their underwrite is based on cap rates moving down, right now, that's probably not a reasonable expectation in this marketplace. Um, cap rates have been pretty steady for quite a while. Uh, you could certainly see cap rates moving up. Um, going down is probably unlikely. So even in a swing for the fences kind of deal, and certainly in a more traditional investment like we would do, uh, be conservative. So that's number two. Number three, be flexible. Uh, there's one thing that I know with every property that we acquire and add to our portfolio, and that is that our painstakingly developed underwrite, our operations plan, our value-add plan, all of the work that we've put into that and all of the reasonable and conservative assumptions that we've made, that the net effect of all of that is wrong. That's not what's going to happen. We might perform better because we've been conservative in those assumptions, and that absolutely happens with a pretty good amount of regularity. And it will absolutely be worse in some areas, right? Our, our occupancy won't be as good as we forecasted even though we were conservative. Or it will cost more to do a value-add improvement than we originally forecasted. And those things will happen. If they didn't happen, right, if, if you could simply buy a property and it would magically just work, well, then there wouldn't be anybody in the world that looked like me and you would be able to invest in real estate directly and just leave it on autopilot. And I know those of you that are out there that own properties yourself, these don't run on autopilot. So uh, you want to be flexible. And that also includes when you build your plan. Our underwrites, our modeling, we work very diligently to make sure that we have multiple exit opportunities, multiple capital restructuring opportunities, that we have a great deal of flexibility built into an asset because while we have a plan and we have a lot of confidence in that plan, and even if our plan has challenges along the way, we also know that the market we live in is dynamic. Clearly, the environment we're in right now, no one a year ago was buying properties saying, okay, I need to be prepared for a global pandemic that will put over 25 million people out of work in the United States in a few weeks. Nobody was planning on that. So if you build flexibility into your acquisition, if you build that into your model, you're going to be more capable to deal with what happens as the world unfolds. And that's absolutely 
one of the things that we learned along the way uh, decades ago, actually, and, uh, and continue to, um, to religiously put into each of our properties. So buy right, be conservative, be flexible, build a team. That's number four. It's challenging doing this work. Like we said, it's not rocket science. There's people, though, that know how to do pieces of this that are supporters, uh, part of the team, that are really valuable. Uh, I'm an accountant by training. I, over the years, by virtue of all the work I've done, know a fair amount about tax. I don't do our taxes, right? We have a, we have a very capable team of CPAs that we work with that do that work for us. We're very involved, but we rely on them. They're part of our team. We've learned more about the regulatory world as our lives have unfolded over the last few decades. And we still have a really solid team of regulatory attorneys that we work with and entity attorneys and transaction attorneys and risk management people we work with and quality tradespeople. Bill is a uh, general contractor, developer, extremely experienced on the physical trade side of what it is we all do. And Bill still relies on experts in each of those fields to enable us to be successful. So uh, going, going it alone, there's a lot of risk involved. Uh, put a team together. If you're, if you're building your own portfolio, we absolutely encourage you to make sure that you've got uh, real estate brokers on your team, uh, lenders and loan brokers, that you have a banker a uh, banker's different than a lender. Now, the banker might loan you money, but somebody that you have a banking uh, relationship with, that you have risk management folks to be able to go to, uh, insurance people, that you have the right legal team. It's very difficult to have one lawyer that actually can do everything you need. Uh, there's multiple uh, skills needed, and uh, jack-of-all-trades, master of none, legal is probably not the place to do that. At least that's, again, our experience. So build a team. Buy right, be conservative, be flexible, build a team. The final B is be calm. Work the problem. There's going to be problems. Remember what I said about be flexible because the world's going to change and your plan's not going to actually unfold the way you always think it will. We've never had that happen. Sometimes there are very favorable variances and sometimes there's challenges, but you've got to deal with all those. Take a breath. Be calm. You know, one thing about real estate is uh, while it's a wonderful investment vehicle and we can get some nice short-term returns, it's a longer-term investment, right? That's part of the non-liquid component of investing in real estate is it forces you to really think longer term. That also means if something happens on a Tuesday... 99% of the time, you don't have to make a decision Tuesday about what you're going to do. You might do something immediately to just put a Band-Aid on whatever the issue is, but you've got time to kind of address the problem over time. So work the problem. Analyze it. Identify the root cause of what uh, created the situation. Do whatever Band-Aid needs to be done right now to keep things afloat, and then implement a corrective action that's not only going to address that issue, but it's going to 
significantly increase the chance that you've prevented it from happening ag again in the future. Uh, you know, just uh, uh, whenever I hear the, uh, the phrase, work the problem, and, and you, this may be true for you all as well, ties back to our rocket science theme today, uh, I always think of the um, Apollo 13, right? You know, and that was the, uh, uh, the flight director's admonition to the team was, you know, hey, let's all calm down. You know, let's just work the problem. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves and get real worked up here. And that's true as well with all of this. And uh, very much that's uh, a mantra for us around here. Problems will happen. That's the nature of the beast. And you work the problem and you, as we said, put corrective actions in place. And as you do that, performance improves over time not just on that asset, but what you've learned from that issue can be applied to other assets and so on. So number one, buy right. Number two, be conservative. Number three, be flexible. Number four, build a team. And number five, be calm. That's a little bit of the secret sauce of how we at Mara Polling do what we do. I hope this has been of value to you in terms of thinking about the kinds of sponsors you might work with and the kinds of investments you might want to participate in. And if you're doing this on your own, hopefully this gives you some uh, thoughts to uh, consider in terms of how you uh, evolve your investment portfolio as you go forward. Don't forget to email me if you have questions, pat at marapolling.com. Please make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's uh, Apple uh, uh, Podcasts or iTunes or uh, Stitcher or uh, Spotify or any of those ones that we uh, happen to be on out there. And join us again next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. <music>